Hello, and thank you for listening to Video Games, a comedy show. If you like this show and want to support its creators, we humbly suggest you visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash supernpcradio. There you will find a litany of bonus material and video game-related content, including Super NPCs, a weekly deep dive into a specific video game or video game-related topic. Here are some of the other shows you can find. Call Me By Your Game Co-op, Resident Evil Book Club, Resident Evil Games Club, followed in short by The Legend of Zelda Games Club, and bonus content from Inside Video Games and Gaming with July. Now, if you don't have the $5 a month it takes to sign up, that's totally fine. We would still ask that you support the shows by giving us a five-star rating or review in Apple Podcasts. It really goes a long way with those um <clears throat> algorithms. But if you do have some spare change and want to give it to some hungry, hungry hippos, please visit patreon.com slash supernpcradio. Thank you so much. Now enjoy Video Games, a comedy show. Live this morning from the Mushroom Kingdom, WKBAG Studios, Wario K. Rule, Bowser, Andros Gannon. This is Video Games, a comedy show. I am your host, Jeremy Schmidt, and today is the first day, as of this recording, the first day of 2021. And we will start off this year of Video Games, a comedy show, not with a bang, mind you, but with a whimper. As you might have heard, we had our uh, Game of the Year special, part two-parter. Uh, absolute disaster happened uh, back in, uh, in the end of 2020. And I gotta say, that was uh, that was we had like 10 people, um, uh, 11 people maybe at, at one point on the show, and that was a lot of it was just a lot going on. So I wanted to quiet things down, quiet things down a little bit for uh, for this very first uh, this almost meditative episode. I'm gonna say uh, today we're covering. Uh, uh, video gaming double features. So, like, what what kind of games pair well together? What kind of games could you play back to back? And and is there any sort of uh, I don't know, like, uh, is there any sort of reason to do so? Is there any sort of like, uh, will you get something out of them if you if you if you happen to uh, to play them side by side or or consider them together? Um, and I only have one member of the Zoo Tycoon crew here with me today. Uh, one of my oldest friends in the entire world. I mean, this guy's known me as long as heck. Just about any darn person out there, I gotta say to you. And, and of course, he's a new uh, Angelino by way of Austin, Texas, where uh, where we both met. Actually, not in Austin, but in Dallas. Mr. Alex Gaskin, how are you doing, pal? Hey, buddy. I am doing okay all right um, alex just, gaskin this is 2021's uh, uh alex sound effect it's the first sound effect we're gonna play all year um as you as you may or may not know every member of the zoo tycoon crew that i bring on has their own custom sound effect that is that is uh that is made special for them and at the end of the year it resets well since you're at the mm. beginning of the year this will be what plays for you all year long should you choose to ever come back on the oh, show nice. uh are you ready yeah, hit me. I've been waiting for you to return to consummate our love. <laughs> I like that. That is, of course, uh, an NPC from the lovely game Skyrim, which I know that you happen to enjoy. Oh, 
Yeah, no, I do love that uh, game. It took me a second to place like what that was from. And I do was you like, know oh, who oh. that character is? That is, I think that's just like a random hag raven that you accidentally <laughs> marry uh, during yeah. a storyline that I'm about to like re-enter for like the umpteenth time. Yeah. Um, well, you want to hear it again? Let's hear it again. Yeah. I've been waiting for you to return to consummate our love. I got to say, as someone who watched a little bit of that clip, I was uh, terrified at, yeah, at no, the implications are, of that. Yeah. That uh, those, those hag ravens are... Uh, they're 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 not they're not lovely uh, yeah. creatures. In fact, some might even call them unlovely. Also, unlovely. very dangerous. They uh, <laughs> they will kick your ass if you are not ready to face them. Do you ever um do you ever do you ever watch one of these hag ravens do something like something that's just so them, and you just go, "That's so hag raven." <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's most of the game. I just kind of like follow them around and wait for them to do something real hag raveny. <laughs> Okay, so Alex Gaskin and I, um, I, I'll admit to the listener right now, it isn't quite, uh, I, I got him on the show, it's not quite a, a pure of heart venture as it might seem. I, while we are uh, compatriots, best buddies, lifelong pals, and, uh, you know, Alex is a, a brilliant writer, comedian, uh, we also have our own podcast called Double Double Feature Feature, yes, where we, we take uh, double feature films. And we kind of trade them back and forth between him, I, and Ravi Kieran, our, our third co-host. And uh, the premise of the show is sort of like we'll bring on a double feature. Everyone has to watch it for that week, and we kind of talk about it. Um, and uh, yeah, we've been doing the show for about, you know, since quarantine, I think, pretty much started. That's That was yeah. kind of the impetus for, for starting it, I think. Was it, was it during quarantine or right before? It, I feel like... Yeah, it might have been right before, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Like, time has turned to sludge, so, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think we're on about episode 25 of the show, so whatever happened yeah. 25 weeks ago. <laughs> okay. No yeah, idea. I just feel like there's somewhere in re three where they're just like the intros are like, "Hey, you guys scared? I'm scared." And it's like, "Oh, that's when it started. That's when yeah. it, uh, that's when it kicked off." Yeah, we could probably trace back the beginning of COVID to when, um, when we start getting actually frightened on the show. Yeah. When you I, go back yeah. to you, if you go back to week two, like pre-COVID, and Jesus, the introduction is just like, "Hey, I'm Alex Gaskin, and I'm definitely gonna live forever, <laughs> and I'll never be sick again." Thank you yeah. for having me. I have thrown all my vitamin C in the tr- toilet because I <laughs> do not fear illness. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, me and him were talking, or he and I were talking about uh, potential episode ideas for video games and comedy show, and I thought, well, why not do a double a, a version of double double feature feature, but on this show as a bit of a cross promotion so you know if you like hearing us talk together maybe check out double double feature feature if you feel so inclined um it's a really fun show although we do not talk about video games on that show mostly to be sensitive to our third co-host robbie kieran who is an absolute narc when it comes to video games he does (laughs) not want us playing them he hates them outright uh the last video game i think he played was um was pong it was et it was was et on the atari and he was just like it's a great film why doesn't it translate this medium is broken yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was it's like uh, if you can't capture the magic of et you don't deserve to be a medium as i think what his thinking was yeah he was actually bankrolling roger ebert for a time and when roger <laughs> ebert asked R- ravi politely hey uh sir can i please say that video games are art ravi said no you tell them they're not art <laughs> yeah it was funny because like I, I swear he and i talked about that uh that video game documentary on netflix so i didn't it hadn't occurred to me that he was like so anti-gaming <laughs> He actually might not be. I have no idea. I just know that he does. <laughs> I just know he doesn't play them. Uh, yeah, I don't think yeah. he has because he's got like his fancy like 
4K player, but it's not a PlayStation. Right. I used to watch Blu-rays. Like the only reason right now I'm like ready to jump the gun on a PlayStation 5 is that I know it can do the 4K. But even then I'm like, I don't have 4K television, so what am I really getting here? I have a um, a nice 4K television. I do not have anything HDR, though, which is a bummer. Mm. It feels like that's sort of... 4K is fine, but HDR is... Is that the one... I, I That's what I want, you know? I want I want that high dynamic range, Alex. Um, But yeah, that's... You know a, what we need is, I think we need like a versatile, like a way more versatile... T- like, I love that we get like super high def. I want like a low def option. Like, just to recreate that magic of watching an old movie on yes. like a Saturday afternoon on your television yes. as a child. I, I, it's funny you say that. I, I recently acquired a CRT television to, oh. to, to play Nintendo 64 games on. Nice. <laughs> so now I have That's this huge, bulky, bulky, giant uh, uh, monstrosity in my in my living room that uh, that only plays like that generation and back. <laughs> you nice. know, um, which I absolutely love. It's not the best, but it was free and. Uh, yeah. I carried it in my house and I said, you know what? Even though this is just okay, I'm not going to carry it outside to the trash. So it lives in here now. <laughs> uh, but Alex, yeah. uh, I don't know yeah. if you know this about our show, but every at the at the top, at the tippy top, we always ask mm-hmm. everybody what they've been playing. And okay. uh, this episode's no different, mind you. Yeah. I'm, go- I'm yeah. going to ask you the question. Hit me. What have you been playing? And I imagine it's been something because you have had uh, we, the holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I... Have been playing. You'll 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 be shocked to hear that I've been playing Skyrim. Okay. <laughs> like Sky, I um, I'm very deep into Red Dead Redemption Two. I'm like on the start of the second chapter for. Uh, I'm just gonna spoil this. I'm realizing I'm spoiling this game right now. I don't know if that like matters at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, but, I think uh, you can probably spoil yeah. Skyrim. Uh, yeah. But okay. We, but, like but I'm people have into been the warned. Second, yeah, people. You spoiler coming up. I'm on the second chapter, like the start of the second chapter of John Marston, um, you know his epilogue series. Yeah, which I'm loving it. But I have this thing now. Like I feel like the and we'll get into like I'm sure we'll talk more about like open world type games because I listened the most recent episode, the last episode of your show that I listened to was the top ten open world games. Oh, uh, yeah, classic, and I classic. Can I cannot remember which co-host it was, but like somebody was talking about how they hate like having too many options and too much freedom. Yeah, I'm basically the opposite. I want the game to take as much time as possible. Mm-hmm. And so now that I'm like, cl- like I got so close to the end of Red Dead, I was just like, I, I gotta, I gotta, br- I gotta let this breathe. I gotta let it, uh, oh, let it air out. So I kind of just I stepped away from that for a minute. I've been doing uh, Skyrim again. Yeah, just endlessly just screwing around. Honestly, I just like. I have multiple characters. I give them little side adventures and try to give them little personalities. And I just have a ball. Yeah. So you are the kind of video gamer mm-hmm. uh, who uh, doesn't mind putting something down to make it last a little longer. This is true. That's, this is, that's, I, yeah. I've heard that, that, is, that is definitely not me. But I think I'm in, a, I'm in a rare situation in that I host a video game show. So for me, it's blow and go. Get them done. Get them out of the way. Yeah, on to the that next. That makes sense. Yeah. I have a that's, ton on my backlog to get to so i'm mm. i don't really savor them like i used to mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah you know i'm still waiting for you to uh pick up ghost of tsushima like that's my it's that was my list that was my game of the year uh you know just i didn't play a lot of games this year but sure. like that was one that i was excited about i played it loved it um 
Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be. It's supposed to be absolutely fantastic. Um, and I cannot wait to get my little my little uh, grimy hands on it. And it's then fantastic. when I do, we will be playing that multiplayer. Yeah, I like. I will get on the PlayStation like network just for that, and all the free games. You know, they give you two yeah, free true, games a month. That is that is pretty rad. Uh, yeah. So I I feel like I'm running out of space on my PlayStation. Like I'm I'm feeling the I'm feeling it like kind of stressing at the seams a little bit. That is a thing that I do daily is run out of space on my PlayStation and have to delete <laughs> lots of lots of games. Alex, I have over 300 games on my PlayStation library. Damn. Um, wow. And only about 800 gigabytes. So uh, 800 gigabytes, by the way, that's that is um, about four games can fit on that. So Damn. four prestige Last of Us style games can fit. So do you on just that. like do you have like a way to like save them like out of the PlayStation or are you just like losing them? It's in to your, the... No, it's in your digital library. So you have a no, live. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to physically download a game and have it on your hard drive to own it and be able yeah. to re-download it. You can re-download it whenever. Oh, so like if you bought it online, you can just like re-download it when you want it again. Yeah, yeah, it, oh, okay. it, yeah. It has your library, you know, next to your uh, at the very end of your little scrolly wheel at the top, and That's you can just browse your library. Yeah, that is good to do. Yeah, you can re-download if, things, yeah, replay them anytime you want. You know, I feel like you're getting a sense of like the degree to which I'm not like a standard gaming person. I was actually going to have you for the audience just kind of talk a little bit about what is your history with video games in general. Uh, well, as a child, I wasn't good at sports, so I did play my fair share of video games growing up. Sure. Um, I rocked the, uh, I had the Sega Genesis. I don't, I don't think I was like, I don't think we ever had a Nintendo. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but like I, we, like the first system I remember having was the Genesis mm. held well, on to that forever. What was some of the games you would play on Genesis? What were some of your favorites? All time. Oh man. Um, I played the Sonic games. I remember those, um, the old like WWF wrestling games, which yeah. were just like objectively bad, but still fun. I played those. <laughs> and then I was just like kind of a, I didn't, I, don't, I can't really think of a lot that are like, oh man, I'd love to go back and play that game again. Like, I don't right. feel like I have like sentimental favorites until like the Nintendo 64. Gotcha. Which is of course all of like No Mercy and all those games. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But also just so many other like, you know, Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, like so many things that like took off like from that system yeah like i i got insanely jealous when you mentioned having one yeah i'm not oh, gonna just lie. now yeah, yeah. No, i i got one um not that long ago my friend uh and and and, and co-host of super npc is our patreon exclusive show connor mccabe he uh he got one in a some sort of a GameStop bundle like he really wanted an adapter and it came with a nintendo 64 so hey. i bought the n64 off of him and uh you know, I play it kind of a lot, which is crazy. Like uh, N64 is kind of one of my all time favorite consoles. Mm. Um, just a lot of weird shit came out on the N64. A lot of curiosities that are lost to time. That's a console that's very hard to emulate. So you just don't see those games pop up, you know, in like HD remakes or anything that often. Mm. So yeah. it's, it's kind of nice to go back and, a lot of those games only live on that console and will only ever live on that console. So what about what about uh, as you as you're getting older? So did you ever did you kind of consistently play games? Did you take a long big break and then kind of come back or I think I took a little bit of a break in college just cuz I just I I think I just had like a gap in my ownership of a system for a couple of years and then yeah. kind of just got back into it with an Xbox. 
eventually got to the PlayStation 3. Like I held onto the Xbox and the Xbox 360 for a long time, sold those because uh, I was I moved out of state and just kind of did a whole different thing for about a year and came back and was bored and got the PlayStation 3, held onto that forever. I got the PlayStation 4 like probably like three years after it came out, mm-hmm. just to give you an idea of like how current I am with things. Sure. Uh, still, still sporting that PlayStation 4. Uh, real leisurely approach to gaming. Uh, still finishing uh, Red Dead. Still finishing The Witcher Three. That's still like on my Ooh, list. Ooh, yeah. But yeah, I just I screw around a lot. I I, I like prolonging like, games. It sounds like you like big open world uh, side questy side quest heavy games. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, any are you a fan of the Fallout series at all? Have you tried any of those? Uh, the the only one that I've played is Fallout Four, mm-hmm. which I do like. I have I still have my copy of that, and I'll I probably will at some point like make that my screwing around game. Just when yeah. I get like need a, st- a break from Skyrim. Yeah. So do you like uh you you said t- you said to me at one point you don't even like necessarily love the fantasy genre that much. Yeah, I'm really not like a fantasy like a super fantasy genre guy, but like. I got hooked on Skyrim. I was like, all these little details in this world, I'm like, I'm all in. Yeah. I just cannot stop Skyriming, and I probably never will. Right. But, well, uh, yeah. I can't wait to talk about some of these double features. It's going to be interesting to hear your input, and uh, knowing that you already have acquired such a keen, masterful skill at at taking two pieces of art and blending them together to make it's one true. double feature. Yeah. Um, I, it, I'm i excited to get into this, because like, when you pitched this to me, your explanation for like what you look for in like a one-two punch on video games was like, oh, so that's like the opposite of me. Perfect. I can't, so, that, yeah, this will be interesting. Happy. This will yeah. be interesting. Um, so yeah, I'll kind of go through what I've been playing a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. over the break. So yeah. I finished, uh, when I finished Demon's Souls on my, on my beautiful PlayStation 5, I kind of just took it really easy and didn't like sort of rush into another game, especially after mm-hmm. we did Game of the Year. I kind of like, I kind of like right before Game of the Year, like frantically played an hour of like seven games just so I could feel like I could talk about them. Yeah. Um, I would not recommend doing that, especially if it's mm. like days before the show, you know, like, <laughs> like, pl- like playing like, okay, I can only play 30 minutes of paper Mario. And then I can only play 30 minutes of Kentucky route zero before I get ready for this, uh, this show where I'm supposed to talk at length about both of them. It was really like uh, cramming for a test. So after that was over, man, I kicked my feet up and I said, Jeremy, what do you want to play? Not what do you need to play? What do you want to play? So I, uh, I at some point in a sale, bought this game called Moon uh, for the Nintendo Switch. So Moon is an interesting little piece of gaming history. It was originally released in 1997 for the PlayStation 1. It never released in America. It only came out in Japan. It was called an anti-RPG. And the reason is because the game makers, the developers and and publisher of Moon, um, had all worked on big RPG projects for companies like Square before. And uh, disillusioned sort of with the process of making a really big blockbuster RPG like a Chrono Trigger or a Final Fantasy VI or a, or a Super Mario RPG, they all kind of came together on a team 
and uh, made something they thought would be really funny, which is like the idea that uh, in an in a typical RPG, the hero goes out on a quest and typically kills a bunch of monsters on their way to like some sort of boss and and will g- gain experience along the way, leveling themselves up, gaining new skills and abilities, usually looting houses and looting castles for different treasures. But what this game presupposes is like that that's actually like that the hero of an RPG is actually the villain. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what they're doing is actually just killing all of the animals in an area and like raiding people's houses and stealing everyone else's stuff. So you play a little a little character who is uh who's fo- literally following the hero through the hero's journey mm-hmm. and fixing all the mistakes the hero has made for the world. <laughs> and uh, it, it I gotta say it, it's a no, it's a completely non-violent game where all of the quests revolve around trading items and sort of uh, doing little fetch quests and uh, and and also reconnecting dead animals with their souls so that they can they can actually like like transcend and like get the hell off of that planet and um, wow it is uh one of the more fascinating experiences i've ever played it's about a i want to say it's about a 15 hour long experience i Mm -hmm. really i really took to it and i focused up and i played it through in two days i beat the whole Mm. game in two days um uh, by the time that it finished and i rolled credits i was quite satisfied with what had happened it was it was a really good experience and i would recommend anyone who has a nintendo switch you know and you happen to like rpgs and you're especially if you like rpgs like earthbound or oh i've been playing earthbound i uh oh interesting yeah no i've got because i've got the super nintendo mini that i like i to tell you how much i'm invested in it like i still haven't set it up since we moved to los angeles and that was uh four four Three, like four and a half months ago. Right. And I just, I just haven't set it up yet, but uh, I was like, I got to the point where the game was like, gave me this like special like message of encouragement. And I was like, oh, that's a weird thing to just randomly put here. And then the game got way harder. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Cause I'd never, I never played RPGs as a kid, like the turn based stuff. Like I never had the patience for it. So yeah. now I'm just like, ah, crap. I got to, you know, level up. I got I got to level baby, up grind. and figure this out and so far it's just like oh if I keep dying and getting points on the way to dying I can <laughs> be stronger cuz yeah the game yeah. started kicking my ass and I got very frustrated but I do I love uh I've been loving Earthbound Yeah it's, it's just a it's, ridiculous It's one of a kind man it's like one of the yeah. greatest um RPGs ever it's, it's also one of the re- funniest things I it's think It's very I've funny and and this game Moon is right in line with that like where it's it's very self referential uh, referential and meta mm-hmm. and it's sort of making fun of the genre that it also really loves it, it's it's a it's a really good time and i i say earthbound is is the cl- one of the closest approximations to mm-hmm. moon and then it sort of almost feels like a 32-bit version of earthbound it also feels like a 32-bit version of super mario rpg and uh, the game Undertale, which is a pretty famous anti-RPG in its own right, came out about a decade or so ago. Uh, people love Undertale. Undertale took a lot of its ideas from this game, Moon. So hmm. if you kind of want to see the seeds and the germs of where Undertale came from, Moon's Moon's a really good, interesting little pickup. It's about 17 18 bucks on the Switch online store, eShop. I'd, I'd, I'd pick it up if I was you. Um, the other game I've been playing... Or I or I B is uh it's about a two and a half hour long experience so not not very long at all it's called Another World or uh, also known as Out of This World that sounds real familiar and I don't know why 
It is um it is in the vein of a game like Flashback or Odds World, Abe's Odyssey. Uh mm-hmm. it's like a kind of you control a it's a little side scrolling puzzle platformer game that uh you control a very cumbersome uh, uh man, but he also like has a lot of like frames of animation so that the world looks super interesting and detailed and um yeah, I I was watching some sort of, you know, one of these YouTube, uh, like breakdown sort of mm-hmm. critical analysis videos of some game, and they and they called out of this world the best game ever made. Oh, it wow. was one of these big hyperbolic statements. You know, out of this world or another world is probably the greatest game ever made. So of course I was like, I realized I'd actually already had it. It like came to PS Plus one month and um, just sitting on my hard drive. So I was like. I'll check this out. See if it really is the greatest game ever made. Happy to report back. Uh, it's not, but it is really good. <laughs> what uh, a what a claim! Like I feel like it's pretty impossible to name a best game ever, just because the, it's so dependent on the technology. It becomes unfair. Sure. I mean, I mean, you can definitely count. I mean, because out of this world, I, I think it's from 1998 or something like that. It's like it's like an older game. You mm-hmm. could you can count old stuff as being in the in the in the in the uh conversation for the greatest yeah. of whatever you want but i mean i totally agree with you in that so their games are unlike uh any other medium in that even like within genre you have so many different kinds of ways of uh of uh, presenting uh, a video game and uh, unlike film in particular the added element to a video game is the interactivity part of it. Yeah. So, so that 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 creates an even m- one more layer you have to. Yeah, it's just, it's with. such a tricky layer to like yeah. negotiate because you're just like every game made before like three years ago is essentially just like screwed out of the running. If you're talking about just like what games can do, I mean graphically for sure. Yeah. I think graphically and maybe even feel in a in a lot of cases, but I do mm-hmm. think that you know. You know, I, I would say if Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo is not in the conversation for best video game ever made, you're out of your mind because it's yeah. probably that's the thing. Like you have to like you have to figure out like how, like I feel like there's like it's more dependent on history and context. Like we mm-hmm. we don't punish like we can't punish games that are older for their like deficiencies the way we could say like oh well the graphics or the like the special effects in like older films don't really hold up or like the language doesn't really like we expect great films and great books and great shows to like keep up with our current tastes to some degree, not all, uh, not across the board, not like a hundred percent, but like it is a factor in a way that games can't like keep up with. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, uh, I totally agree. It's a, it, it becomes an interesting conversation when you're considering, uh, the original Pac-Man arcade cabinet as maybe yeah. one of the best games ever made up against something like a Skyrim. It's like, well, how do you compare and quantify those people? Oh my can, God, how you, you can do it, but it does take a it little is bit a of difficult. A, yeah. It's yeah. It's naughtier. Now I'm picturing like a Pac-Man like expanded into a, Sky, a Skyrim universe. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I'm just loving it. I yeah. don't know what it would be like, <laughs> but just like going from town to town, eating ghosts. Um, yes. Fighting dragons. I don't know. And 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 trying to marry various other Mrs. Pac-Man around the world. Uh, building your house. Uh, 
Definitely eating fruits. Yeah. Maybe even maybe even getting getting bonuses. Oh. Alex had to do something. I don't know. I was I was Yeah, I was, sorry. I was I vamping was, uh, while, while he I had to like step something. away from the desk for a second. What do you say we get into the news? How does that yeah, sound? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do the news. Well, Alex, I'm proud to tell you that video games have not stopped. They are going and they're going fast. I'm surprised, honestly. <laughs> I, I I thought 2021 was a year people would just like give up video games for no reason. Right. Yes, they would give them up and then people would say, yeah, you know what? Let's leave that money on the table. Yeah. Does the Bible not tell us to put away childish things? It's a good point. The Bible yeah. says a lot of things and I sure adhere does. them all to the letter of the law. Um. Yeah, so uh, I guess a lot of the conversation right now is kind of around like what is of the most anticipated video mm-hmm. games coming out of 2021. Uh, we will have an entire episode about that next week, but I do want to ask you, Alex, is there anything you're looking forward to? And you can only say uh, one thing. Ooh, oh, 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 it's on the tip of my brain. You know what? I am behind the times. I still want to... Pick up Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Okay, like I haven't done that yet. I, you know, I, you know, I love the whole Assassin's Creed, like to the point of obnoxiousness a little bit. Like that's my yes. other thing, like with Skyrim. Um, you're a big yeah, Creed head. I am. I you're, you're, you like your ass Creed. Mm-hmm. I, I like my video games. Like I like my music. Uh, very Creed heavy. Yes, you put the sin in Assassin. I and the ass and the ass. I'm I put the ass in of assassin in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, no, I I am uh I don't know, like I that was like my I usually have like one thing, like one game that I'm just like no question I'll buy it new, I'll pay the ex, like the higher price. You'll pay the piper. I need to jump on that cuz I feel like it, I saw it for sale for like 40, which is usually a good time to jump on it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm trying to think if there's like new games. I've been kind of in a rut. Like, do you ever get like this weird, like very like small nugget of an idea of like what you would want to play in a game? And then you just like, it's so far from like what anybody's planning to do that you're just like, well, I guess I just need to learn to code now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Give me an example. I, I, I bet you if you give me an example of a game you might want to play, I might be able to point you in a good direction. I, I was going to say, like, if we could make that a feature of this episode, like, yeah. if you could just, like, track down, like, I don't know, like, this is the thing that I've been thinking for a while is something that I would love. Like, I've noticed, like, a lot of games feature vampires. Not a lot of games let you kill vampires as a human. Uh-huh. And they kind of, if they do, it's just like the Castlevania, like you just kill them the way you kill everything else. I would love like a weird like mystery slash horror game where you just have to figure out where the vampire is in a town, get into his castle during the daytime and stake him. Yeah. Wow. That's, huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to direct you towards the uh, PlayStation 2 film tie-in Van Helsing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, I actually have no idea that you have yeah. you have stumped me. I do think I wonder if um I know there's that like uh that game Vampire with a Y. I don't know if that's I've played I, that. I've played okay. that. It's Is that good. like I, are you are you a vampire in that? <laughs> yeah, you are a vampire in that. Okay. It's it's a fun it's a it's one of those games where you're like, I enjoyed this. I don't think I would recommend it. Sure. Just because like the combat was kind of just like slow and like there are kind of limitations, but like what I got out of it I really enjoyed. Yeah. 
What about? So, uh, like, I know there's a another uh, game called uh, Vampire Masquerade. Uh, the- there's yeah, there's supposed to be like a big sequel to that. Like I never played the original, but the new one's coming out. But again, you're a vampire. Like I, I would. You are a vampire. Like, in that. Okay. Yeah, you're a vampire. Hmm. I'm just like the, you know, there's the whole like you know during the day you can like investigate, ask questions, like search around places relatively safely, and then like you just have a little timer. And then when the night falls, you got to get to safety. You get attacked yeah. by a little thing, you know, just scary shit happens. I would like to play that game, but it doesn't exist. That's a great, wow. I can't even believe I'm my ears right now because I also think I would play that game. Should we learn to code? I think we should learn to code. You know what? I would even play a stripped down version of that. Uh, not quite a text adventure, but like an 8-bit, maybe an NES yeah. throwback version of it. I would love to play a game like that. Yeah, that, yeah. that does sound really good. It's yeah, like survival mystery horror-y. slash survival horror, you know? Yeah. Do you play not? Now, I know you're a big Alex Gaskin for the listener is a a, a horror aficionado has written on the su- a subject many times about uh, horror films all over the Internet. Follow him on Alex J. Ga- Alex underscore J underscore Gaskin uh, on Twitter. What is um? W- do you play any survival horror video games? Uh, it's been a while. I loved, I didn't even finish it, but I loved uh, Eternal Darkness on the GameCube. Oh, the best. That was like a legitimately like scary experience. I was yeah. like, those like the little interstitials like in the present where you're just like walking around this creepy mansion. Yes. Oh, yeah. loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, I played Resident Evil 4. Again, didn't finish it. I, I have commitment issues. I don't know. Yeah. I, would I also recommend- have, I'm not very good at video game issues. Yeah. So I'm like, if it gets too hard, I'm like, well, I guess this is the end for me. Like the story, my guy just dies and the world ends. Uh, for a an easier experience that it will also scare the pants off of you and is done really well, I would recommend Resident Evil 7. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'd pick it up if I was you. It's probably nice. dirt cheap right now. Like I'd imagine the game is probably $10 on the PS store. Hell yeah. But it's, uh, it's a great one. It's a great game, and it's uh, really, really scary and not really that hard. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it makes you think it's hard because it's so scary. Mm. Uh, okay, a game I'm looking forward to. I'll throw one out there. Um, it's kind of what I, I, I imagine this game is going to be a little bit of a survival horror game, but uh, Returnals which is a, uh, a PlayStation 5 game that will is slated to come out at some point this year. But it is a is a space survival horror sort of mm. game. A lot of a lot okay. of space freaks, and you're nice. trying to and you're trying to like navigate through a a planet you ain't never been to before. Oh, those are the best planets. <laughs> uh, they hold PS the most Plus, promise. PS Plus subscribers got uh, are going to get a couple free games here in January. I think we were all pretty curious as to what the PlayStation Five free game was going to be for January. I know I was, and it is Man Eater, a Jaws Simulator, a shark game where you eat people as a shark. That sounds like a blast. I'm not. Uh, that just sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, Polygon's Chris Plante described his entertaining review as the best shark game ellipses ever? Question mark. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds pretty good. You, would you play a Jaws game where you played as I the would, Jaws? Oh, absolutely. I, I feel like there should be like more games that just let you generally cause mayhem without like a means to an end. Yeah, like a rampage. Yeah, they just just a game where you're a jerk. Yeah. Like a like a yeah, a rampage, a, a GTA maybe. Those yeah. are, those are games. No, those are fun. Those, those uh are the PlayStation 4 exclusive uh free games this this month for PS Plus are Shadow of the Tomb Raider and uh a game I'm kind of interested in looking at called Greedfall. 
They've I uh, dis- saw a trailer and I was curious about that. Yeah, what what did you see? What did I, that I think I just literally you? saw there was like a thing that was happening. Interesting. Okay, so yeah, Greedfall from what I've read is sort of a like a BioWare style RPG-ish mm, okay. game. But it looks almost like it 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 takes place in some sort of Dickensian old town London game. Mm, okay. um, so I'd be I'd I'd, I'd I'd definitely give it a check out I think um, beyond that I there really isn't a ton of video game news right now this is sort of the dead kind of hangover period after the holidays uh, cyberpunk 2077 is going to have some free DLC early 2021 that game is there like a, is there a hope that that game is going to get like significantly fixed because I was curious to play it but wasn't in a rush and yeah i was like oh cool my decision not to play it right away has paid off i'll tell you this brother as somebody who has played about six hours of the game um there are things in that game that no patches can fix like writing for example okay and the the concept of having to do chores for the police to earn street cred (laughs) i listened to your episode because i was curious about that game so i listened to the cyberpunk episode and it made me think of a very different game that I've been playing called Coffee Talk. Oh, which yeah. It's like just basically like occasionally like I love coffee. You just you to be like make fancy drinks and then you just hear people's stories. But like you spend a lot of time with like a friendly cop and I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to talk to this guy. Like, I'm, just, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, I'm uh, like, I'm sure it was like a perfectly like benign choice when they put the game. But I'm just sure. like, I, it's just I'm not in that place. Yeah, it's tough, man. It is tough. I I uh I wonder if there's a way and who knows. Maybe people will figure out a way to to play through Cyberpunk in a in a anti-cop uh sort of route, a direct critical path that that somehow circumvents the police. Who knows, but I I can tell you this, the beyond just the cop stuff, which is, you know, that's up to you to decide how much of you can tolerate and how much you can't. I'd say that the game beyond that still fundamentally does not understand what the cyberpunk genre is. Mm. And I'm not the first one to say it probably won't be the last. It It's like, it, it's like doesn't quite get the, even the attitude of something cyberpunky at all. So is it like, I feel like there's like a certain type of like crusty right wing person who thinks they're punk. Is that like the kind of energy this game gives off? Yeah, I would say yeah. It, it's like it's like uh, if your dad tried to write what he thought maybe cyberpunk was or something. Mm, it, it just okay. seems a little so just kind of like deaf. out of touch. Yeah, or like maybe you just never read a a, a, a novel. You know, do androids dream of electric sheep? If you never mm. read or or ingested any previous cyberpunk material, like this is sort of the game you'd make. If you only saw how about this? If you only saw images of what side the cyberpunk genre looked like mm. that's sort of what the game is it's sort of like oh yeah these environments are kind of cyberpunky definitely there's robotic you know people have robotic uh arms and and they you know eyes and different that you know it's a lot of machine and man sort of combining there is some of the like the cultures combining too you know how like cyberpunk has that sort of like samurai like mm-hmm. uh urban samurai sort of like you know, futuristic vibe. But at the same time, it just like every character in the game just is talking like they're in some sort of like, (laughs) 
like uh, I don't, I don't. It's 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 kind of hard to describe. But after watching a bunch of cyberpunky related stuff this mm-hmm. month, like Akira, The Matrix, uh, Blade Runner, uh, mm-hmm. it was just clear that whoever made this game just like didn't quite understand like cyberpunk is like anti-establishment at its very core at its very root like you cannot be you cannot be working for the corporations and sympathizing with corporations and still be in the same genre landscape it just doesn't really it clashes in a way um but you know to each their own if i will probably turn it on again and and play through play through some of it i mean i bought it it was like hell 60 bucks hmm um great well i think that's about all the news i can handle unless you want to talk about how they took the office off of netflix i you know i (laughs) don't because i'm like just deal with it you got to get on peacock to watch the show you've watched a million times i'm sorry with ads though with ads unless you want to pay like the ten dollar mark no they still have ads i thought they had like because i know there's like the paid tier to get everything and then there's like a higher paid tier where I thought they took away the ads. I think maybe it's less ads, but I I was told by somebody who's paying that high premium for Peacock, they still got ads. Oh. And I cool. just think I just think that's a shame. A decade plus I've been watching The Office ad free on Netflix and mm-hmm. now I got to watch it with ads. Give me a yeah. break. That Peacock. is kind of a bummer. That's going to do it for the news. When we come back from our break, we're going to be talking uh, video game double features as selected by us for you. Stay tuned. This is comedy person and aspiring cartoon Connor McCabe here to tell you all about my podcast, Call Me By Your Game. Now, video games have a special place in many of our lives. And in fact, you can probably think of one that you'll never forget from your childhood or a specific time. So on this show, I bring on guests to talk about that very thing. We dive into not only what made playing the game fun and what stood out to the guest as much as we do about what was special about the context of when they played this game. So if this sounds interesting to you, check us out anywhere you get your podcasts and maybe someday you'll call me by your game. Welcome back to Video Games and Comedy Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Schmidt. I'm sitting here with Alex Gaskin. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. That's uh, me. We're going to be talking video game double features. Uh, this is a subject me and Alex know a lot about, um, the science behind putting together the perfect double feature and what you need and what what's helpful and what's not helpful. Now, before we get started in just naming double features, Alex, I'm going to ask you the master, one of the, one of the, uh, the all-time greats. What do you think makes what are some contributing factors to to picking a good double feature? Because you're good, mm. buddy. You're good. Yeah, yeah. I like to look for either like a theme that is like so obvious that like you kind of just you just want to talk about like you want to keep talking about it. So you, just, you you need to keep rolling from one film to the next. I'm just gonna go by film double features. Mm-hmm. Like my mindset is like here, like two films that share a theme that are either like different otherwise like so significantly that it's weird to talk about them together Mm -hmm. or so much so that like you can't really bring up one without the other uh like our first episode i'll just use an example uh i used the uh japanese horror film cure 
with the uh, Jason horror film, Jason Goes to Hell. Because <laughs> both of them involve like this idea of like the transmission of evil, of like causing otherwise innocent people to go out and do horrible things. And I was like, oh, it's weird that you can like bring up the same theme for these two films. Uh, otherwise, I kind of like to just go with, um, you know, maybe like a similar, like the same director sometimes. Yeah. Or like the same actor, something obvious like that. Um, I'm trying to think of like, I think one of the other ones that I did recently was uh, Kiraneko and Harakiri, which are two films. I pitched them as two films about samurai revenge, mm -hmm. but like the twist is that they're two films about revenge against the samurai. Right. <laughs> yeah. Where the samurai so just, were the evil force. Yeah. Like you just, you got to find a way to like keep people like, you know, keep the track, keep your like mind on the same tracks from one film to the next, whether that's like however many directions, you know, like we did the haunted house films, uh, the haunting and then, Haosu, which is like the most insane thing. Yeah. But like, again, both kind of just about haunted houses. Yeah. I, I, there's all kinds of things, I think, that make a good uh, double feature. All kinds of reasons. Like, I mean, my last double mm -hmm. feature I did right before Christmas, which it was uh, uh, Citizen Kane and Mank. And I think the connection there is incredibly clear. It's like one is about yeah. the making of the other film. But other well, then one informs the other. Right. But, you know, a month prior to that, I, I, I picked Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and Adam's Family Values that have really no other link between them besides they're about Thanksgiving. So yeah. uh, there's, you know, all kinds of reasons that, that I think um, make a good double feature good. I My favorite, and I think you'll see this as I unveil a lot of mine... I really like tonal shifts. I, mm -hmm. I really think when I want to sit down and actually watch two films back to back, I want them to be tonally different. Mm. That is usually like my, at least my, one of my goals in, in picking a double feature and in also in my enjoyment in watching them. I think when I'm watching two things that are tonally similar back to back, I kind of feel like I just watched a four hour long thing mm -hmm. and that could be good, yeah. but I for me and my attention span, I kind of need mm -hmm. this one's a comedy, this one's a horror. What do they have in common? They're both starring Bell Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's sort of my take on it. But I'm uh, but I'm excited to hear what you got. I will start because I have much more written down here than you. But that makes sense because I, I know much more about video games. This is true. Uh, and this I'm going to start with a this is a layup. I'm just going to say this yeah. is right now. This is a layup. And I call this the slice of 90s console wars double feature. Mm. And it okay. is, of course, Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the Sega Genesis. Okay. okay. Now, why I feel it. like these make a great double feature together is if you play these two games back to back, you get a very good idea of what the 90s console wars were all about. Like, th by playing them back-to-back, -back, it unlocks for you what the difference was between the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis, and I don't think it is, like, found any more precisely in any other game than in how Nintendo... Uh, you know, reveals and and presents their mascot versus how uh, Sega presents their mascot. One is is slow and bouncy and cute and f and and uh, and you know a little bit fat and a little bit fat and uh, you know a, a lot of secrets, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of exploration. And the other one is 
fast as hell, baby. Go as fast as you can and don't slow down. Um, I I actually would not mind even sitting down later tonight and doing this as as a as a just a double whatever, just like playing them back to back. Because it, it is it, you do get this sort of sense that like the two companies were truly after two completely different things all along, and the fact that they were at odds with each other maybe didn't even make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know what's interesting is like if I had the Genesis as a kid, but I feel like like aesthetically and personality wise, like I was more like the Mario as a kid because mm. I wasn't like running around the playground all zippy. I was just kind of like weird and like a little more imagination than he knows what to do with. What were, were you a Sonic boy or were you a Mario boy growing up? I was a Nintendo boy through and through who was desperately jealous of my Sega friends. All I wanted mm. to play was what I didn't have, and that was the Sonic oh, series. Oh, of course. Um, and uh, anytime I got a chance to get my hands, my grubby little hands on a Sonic the Hedgehog, you know I made him go fast. I made oh, him yeah. go no, fast as hell. Gotta be... I want to. I really want a video now. Of somebody like playing Sonic, but like refusing to go fast enough to start running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just like walk the whole way it, through the game. You know, if you play the game that way, in some levels, it actually helps you out because uh, the platforming can get quite difficult and quite uh, yeah. tedious. But yeah. Um, okay, Alex. I want to hear one one from you. Yeah, I'm gonna hit you with a double feature since I've talked about open world games. I'm gonna give you two that kind of like take two different approaches. That uh, I think kind of like is a core difference for me. Like for me, this is like what makes the core difference. Uh, two open world games, Skyrim, and I'm going to go with uh, Batman Arkham City. Mm. Uh, essentially, I'm just going with like the open world where you're just like whoever the hell you want to be. Yeah. Versus the open world where you are a character. Right. Like specifically, uh, just because I, I love the way it kind of changes the way you engage with the game. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I'm using, I mean, Arkham City, I think is one of the one that like really blew up and like kind of really set the standard for like superhero open world gaming. Right. But you could also do, you know, you could do Red Dead Redemption 2. You could do uh, Spider-Man for the PlayStation 4. I love that game. Yeah. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Again, like you're just like a set character. I, I think Batman Arkham City, though, is, is absolutely perfect for that because... I feel like it's the quintessential of that type. Yeah. And, and, and Batman, you know, unlike maybe Arthur Morgan or Jen from ghost of Tsushima is a historically known character. So mm-hmm. you're, it's like the baggage of Batman is almost a hundred years old at this point. Yeah. So like when you play as Batman, you're playing all the, in the entire history of Batman with Skyrim, yeah. you're a blank slate. I also, yeah, Skyrim. Go. Sorry. I was gonna say, I, I, I prefer the blank slate. I like the freedom to just, tell your own damn story in these uh, in these open worlds. Like, I just want a video game called Ancillary, where it's just like, there's like a huge thing happening in the world, but you're not really part of it, so you're never like important enough to like move things along, so you just dick around forever and just like create your own life in the space of this weird world. Yeah, that's fun. Which is kind of how I play Skyrim now. It's like I've beaten the game formally, and I'm like, that's nice, whatever. Yeah. I'm just gonna screw around. Yeah. I, I'll um... join the Civil War if I feel like it. <clears throat> like, I have one character who I just like, took all the way to the end of the civil war and then just like went berserk and started attacking my own soldiers in the last <laughs> battle. And now he's like an outlaw in the city that he's li- liberated. Oh man. I think that's a beautiful, that's a, a that's weird, a beautiful like, story. Way. Uh, I feel yeah, like so now yeah. he's trying to make it right by killing vampires as part of the <laughs> vampire hunting guild. You see, you should get, like, that's what I love. Like they just, they give you this giant canvas. this like insane sprawling thing. And you just do whatever the hell you feel like doing. Yeah. And then two hours have passed and you're like, well, the day is shorter now. Now to now to uh, to kind of bounce that back off of Arkham City, 
I want to recognize that as being an incredibly apropos selection because Arkham City isn't a game that's just about playing uh, a known uh, IP uh, through mm. their own IP adventures. It is an open world game in so much as um, you can kind of do things out of a little bit out of order. You can kind of go and do little side quests or side missions whenever you want. But the world itself compared to Skyrim, I mean, I want to say it's like an eighth of the size, maybe it's like, it's very small in comparison, but what Arkham city has over games like Skyrim and fallout Four is that the open world itself is incredibly dense. Um, yeah. There is literally something to be found around every corner. Unlike mm-hmm. Skyrim, unlike Fallout, where you do have a massive, expansive world, but it doesn't always feel as lived in as someplace like Arkham City, which is incredibly right. dense. I mean, every single building has something going on with it that you could that you could rummage around in and discover something new. And that's what I really mm-hmm. liked about Arkham City. And I kind of prefer those open world games, not for the playing as Batman or playing as Spider-Man part of it. But what I like is that there's, I'm not going to go somewhere way out of the way and find nothing. I'm mm-hmm. going to, everything I look at is going to give me something in return. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, I'm kind of the opposite. I was just like, I'm going to go wander for a while. Yeah. Like, I feel like I am one of, like, the weird people who actually reads the books in Skyrim that you pick up. No way. That ain't weird. Hey, is it weird that that I read all the books in Batman? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Batman's supposed to be illiterate. (laughs) Yeah, he can't read. That's why, like, they say it's about his parents. Like, he's just mad that he can't read. That's why he beats up criminals. Yeah. You know what he reads? He reads other people's cell phones when he steals all their information (laughs) with Mr. Fox's... Uh, technology. Okay, I'm going to give it to one of mine. Yeah. Here we go. Let's do it. This is uh, this is something I like to call surprise. You're the bad guy. Double feature. Ooh. And this Ooh, is, like uh, this is you know, maybe a couple of obvious examples. I'm sure we could think of a lot of more, but this is uh, Shadow of the Colossus for the PlayStation oh, 2. great game. Great game. And uh, Bioshock for mm. the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, respectively. These are both That's games. That's interesting. Oh, go on. No, I was like, I wanted you to keep talking. I was like, oh, I like the way, like, because I, I don't, I don't want to step on your point here because there's something I wanted to point out, but I want to hear you, like, I don't, I want to make sure I'm not stepping on what you're no, talking no, no, about. No, 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 go for it. No, I was going to say, I like that it's not, like, it's not just surprise you're the bad guy. It's like surprise you've been, like, you're, it's kind of like you've been duped into being the bad guy. Yes, exactly, by some bigger force uh, mm-hmm. uh, over you. Um, have you played yeah. through Bioshock? I didn't finish Bioshock, but I rented it. Like I, when I worked, here's a statement that doesn't make sense to anybody under 25. When I worked at Blockbuster, <laughs> I yeah, I rented it just because I could get free game rentals, and I rented it, and I just didn't finish it in time yeah. before I had to turn it back in. Yeah, these games are um, are both really special to me. They're both all timers. I would consider them some of the my favorite games of all time. Um, just Shadow the Colossus, famously sends you out uh, through a, a bit of an open world in its own right for you to find and kill Colossi um, in, a, in an attempt, a mad dash attempt to uh, uh, bring your, uh, I don't know if it's not clear if it's his girlfriend, sister, it's somebody, somebody close to him back to life. They're dead. Mm-hmm. He wants to bring him back to life. But in doing so, he's, uh, he's sacrificing his own humanity in the process to the point where by the end of that game, 
you are a zombie pretty much. You are yeah. running around, your limbs kind of fall slack at your side. Uh you be- Yeah, that is that is arguably like my all-timer yeah, like favorite game. Like that's just uh, such a, I love that idea of just like taking such a specific type of like gameplay mechanic and just building a whole world around it. Yeah. It's And then again, good. like the story, like the image, like the images look great. Like the backstory that like the univ- the world of the game that you kind of get a glimpse of is just one that you get end up like getting like, I, I, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, did you ever play Ico? Oh yeah. I love Ico. Oh, oh, Ico's, oh, I love it. You know, I only played that for the first time a, two years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Or I guess you at get the that, beginning of 2019. Yeah, yeah. Because I know they had the collect like a double feature with that in Shadow of the Colossus right. before they did the like the PlayStation 4 remaster, right? Of Shadow, I loved. I that's when I played Ico, and I thought it was terrific. I really loved it. It's great. It's the best. Um, I I absolutely love Ico. Shadow is um is for my money. That's like kind of the high watermark for that for that developing studio. Oh yeah. Um, but I think that yeah, that game is like um. It's really powerful in how it makes mm-hmm. you feel so uh, upset and so bad yeah. about what you're doing, but you kind of have to do it to progress. Not unlike Bioshock, which of course has one of the more amazing twist endings of all time. I feel like you maybe you haven't played it. Probably don't want to spoil it for you. Yeah. But um, guess what, Alex? I think I- Surprise, you're the bad guy. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Alex, what do you got on your list? Yeah, uh, number two. I'm going to go with my number two. Uh, it is, and this is where I was like, I was kind of hoping we'd have a co-host because like you're not familiar as much with this series. Yeah. And I was like, I was hoping to like have another person who could like, because here's the thing, a person who would like knew the game series would probably get mad at me uh-huh. for what I'm about to do. <laughs> so like, that's like the specific like angry energy that I was counting on getting for this choice Perfect. from somebody. Perfect. Uh, so it'll just be the listener. They'll just like write angry letters. Yeah. Uh, my choice, it's Assassin's Creed 4. Great game. Love it. Uh, Assassin's Creed Rogue. I really liked it. I don't know like <laughs> how people feel about it. Like I don't know if it's like a consensus favorite or like a less liked one. I thought it was terrific. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm pairing these two specific games because both of them used like the present day interstitial of just, you're a guy in an office. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the funniest thing in the world to mm. me that like in between this, because like in the, in the earlier games, you're this, uh, you're Desmond Miles. You're like a guy with like a mysterious past. You've been roped into this giant, like global, globe spanning conspiracy that's been going on for like a thousand years. Right. And then you get to Assassin's Creed 4, and it's just like this first person thing where you're a guy <laughs> in an office yeah. with an admittedly pretty, like, I feel like you've got a good job. Mm-hmm. Like, I played Assassin's Creed 4 when I was working in a warehouse. And I'm like, oh, in this game, I have benefits. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a desk. <laughs> yeah. I have an email account for work. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the health insurance this company is giving my player is really good. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like its own, like, I was like, oh, yeah, you're the fantasy of a pirate. It's like, I'm also the fantasy of a guy yeah. with benefits. You got a pretty like, good life simulator happening yeah, like, on the same Yeah, the this same guy. Time. And then, like, at some point, they were like, in that first game, there was like, in Assassin's Creed 4, like, Spoiler, there's like a lockdown situation where it's like, oh, the company conveniently has like these crazy like safety pods. And I was like, that's weird for a video game company. And then you get down there to this like dank little one bedroom space and you're like, oh, this is nicer than where I'm living right now. <laughs> this is this is much nicer than where I'm living. Yeah. And, and the, then in the logic Creed- of the game, is it kind of set up like you're kind of like not in like you're not rich. You're like kind of. It's like you've got a nice cubicle. 
like a nice spacious cubicle. Uh, it feels like there's a pretty like open office, like things kind of flow. People kind of walk freely. Uh, you're on a first name basis with your boss who seems pretty important. Yeah. So you're doing well. You're not doing well. Like, I feel like if you were in the nineties and thinking like you, like you remember that whole thing in the nineties where we were like, well, it's the end of history. Everything's just going to go smoothly from here on out, which Boy, they got that wrong. Uh, like just, I don't know. What a bunch of idiots. I don't know. Things have been going pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those idiots who thought we'd always be able to go outside. Yeah. Nothing ever. Nothing happened immediately in 2001 that completely no. dashed that. Yeah. So, but no, it's like, I feel like, I was like, oh, like, so I guess in the 90s, this is like the job that you're trying to escape from. This is like the thing that you like fight back against in Fight Club. But then I'm like, oh, no, I, I have a college degree and I get paid nine dollars an hour to pack boxes and move them and i'm 26 like and I, what's in those boxes alex uh what was in those boxes i i, I wasn't in that department i had like a bunch of like because there was botox in the warehouse but that Ooh. wasn't like my department was it but was I, it a bunch of gwyneth peltro heads <laughs> yes that was we actually like we were like a novelty david fincher factory <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so compare this a little bit to Rogue. So what does it have? Rogue uh, is just like, again, like, because they do like technically tie into some detail of like the main story that you're playing. Ro- like Assassin's Creed 4, you meet a character who's just like keeps dying and being reborn and is like up to no good. Right on. But like Rogue, you're basically just like moving up the corporate ladder, which again is like, oh, I'm going to get a better job. Like I'm going to have yeah. more money now. Wow. All I have to do is accept that I'm working for a company that's evil. Like, I already assume most of them are that way. Yeah. So, like, I'm just finding out. But, it, like, it's mostly, like, again, I kind of just, like, screwing around and, like, exploring places in games. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, why don't you go, like, find all the background, like, historical notes in the game and, like, learn more of all this, like, ephemera that you're not really going to need. Yeah. Like, that you'd never really care about. Like, I'm not a big trophy guy for, like, the PlayStation games. I don't care that I get trophies or don't. It's nice, but I, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But I'm still just like, oh, like, what's this little bit of information that is like, never going to come up again? I want that. Yeah. So, what's, like, I feel is like Rogue this on? is like... A, Where do you play that on? Rogue, uh, it was PlayStation 3. They upgraded it to PS4. Hmm. It was... Um, that was when they did the same, the thing where they, like, they released Rogue on the PlayStation 3... They released Assassin's Creed Unity on PlayStation 4, which I've played that, and that's like the example of like one of their games that I'm just like, I cannot get into this. Yeah. yeah. They packed they wanted to have it like be so packed with like people and like activity. But the combat is just so not bad. Fun. Not fun. Yeah. So I'm just like, I can't screw around as much. Mm-hmm. This is bothering me. So I've kind of given up that one. I'm I need to go back and play Syndicate because I rented that and briefly played it. But I'd like to like give it a full go. Um, I'm gonna jump in here with a uh, double yeah. feature I call. So you want a good cyberpunk story? Ooh. Uh, these are two games by the same developer, Hideo Kojima. Uh, they are visual novels. They are both set in a cyberpunk dystopian future. Mm. I think if you are a game liker, you probably know what I'm about to say. But that is, of course, the Sega CD exclusive Snatcher uh, and the Sega Saturn <laughs> exclusive Police Knots. <laughs> I don't actually think they're exclusive. I think maybe they were on a couple other systems, but I know them to be a Sega CD and a Sega Saturn game. 
These are um, these are again they're visual novels. Alex, have you ever played a visual novel? Coffee Talk uh, actually I, sounds kind of yeah, like. Yeah, I guess a visual Coffee novel. Talk is pretty much like a visual novel with like a small gameplay mechanic that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Like you can screw up people's order; they don't care. They just just whatever. Yeah, these games have an an element of action gameplay to them in that it becomes kind of a light gun game. Mm. So the all the shooting sequences are done light gun game style. But the rest of the game is you kind of walking into bars, you walking into different facilities, asking questions, getting clues. And they both uh, contained packed within them a, uh, I would say, like a Hideo Kojima-esque story that if you're if you're into him and you're into sort of what he does, um, you're going to like this stuff. So if you're like Metal Gear Solid or, or Death Stranding, games like that. Um, this is an early version of his work. So, you know, I'm a guy who likes Kojima um, when he's actually a little bit more toned down. I actually mm. like a, a Kojima who has a a, a a developing house or a studio but, uh, over him saying, no, 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 we can't go that nuts mm-hmm. um, because it tends to keep his plots a little bit more streamlined. And these games have extremely streamlined plots. And I think that... Uh, and they're also sort of based off of stuff like Blade Runner. They take a lot of cues from Blade Runner. And that's one of my all-time favorite just pieces of media fiction, period. So uh, if you're like me, you like cyberpunk stuff, you like Blade Runner, you want to see a world done right and and and, and well, um, despite the, the current landscape of cyberpunk 2077 being a bit of a letdown, I would say uh, impossibly go out and try to find these games because you... Uh, Likely won't be able to do it. There is no easy way to play <laughs> Police Knots or Snatcher unless you want to go buy a uh, a uh, Japanese Sega Saturn and uh, and a version of the game that has been translated by a fan. <laughs> nice, uh, Alex Gaskin. You at least have Yo. one more. Oh no, I've got I got a couple more. I have one that I finally just kind of clicked in my head. Mm, actually, hey, wait. Uh, pause real quick. Pause real quick. Vamp pause the, the recording? No, 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 no. Just, just pause. I'm going to go grab a uh, an antacid. Uh, va- oh, okay. Vamp. Vamp for the audience. Vamp for the audience. I Okay. Uh, hey there, video game fans. I am sorry that I have not kept up with the medium because I think it's cool. I really do. Uh, I was afraid coming on here that it'd be a little bit like uh, Fred Willard in uh, Best in Show. Uh, mostly hilarious for his nonsense and inability to know basic facts that you guys all expected um but uh like fred willard i'm kind of just uh sitting here doing my best waiting for somebody to ask me how much i can bench press um boy oh boy gym all year so it's been a while (laughs) so probably not very much whenever you said i just got a message from the fbi saying we're being investigated so thanks oh yeah no i definitely told them about how we've been scamming bitcoiners and um (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I uh, I had a bird. We've that, been unblurring the hentai. I told them all. Unblurring the hentai. Yeah, we were yep. pi- pixely, we were piecing together the pixels frame by frame. Yeah, just it's a labor of love, but it's also a way to make money, which we use to launder uh, our Bitcoin scams. <laughs> I um yeah, I had a burn something fierce yeah. going down my esophageal lining, and uh, ooh, I had to get ooh, that taken ooh. care of. But why don't you go ahead? And- it's all me. those hot takes. It is a lot of hot takes. And I've been swallowing yeah. them. They're your hot takes. I've been swallowing them. Now I got indigestion. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Hey, you got to take those hot takes with your ears, not your mouth. <laughs> Why don't you give me another <laughs> double feature? Yeah, let's do the double feature. Um, this is just like my go-to, like one-two, like it's going to be a good time at the... the oh, 
I just got sad thinking about what I'm about to pitch here mm-hmm. because these are two like classic uh, put your quarters in arcade systems that like I have a lot of love for. Man, that was like one of the last time. One of the last things we did in Dallas together was we went to an arcade. Remember we that? went to the oh my oh it was so I miss that place so much. Like yeah. Dallas, Texas, and like the mid cities like around have such a good collection of like just pay and play. Yeah setups oh god i missed the cidercade in dallas shout out to the cidercade uh, when things are normal again i will come back to dallas i will drink your good cider and i will <laughs> play your video games uh-huh. what a magic place yeah but my one two is just, just like my personal like oh these are the video games like the arcade games that i love uh one is like one of my first arcade loves is WrestleFest, the old wwf game where you just tag team wrestling perfect you have an assortment of characters an assortment of moves. You're just having a good time. You're having a good time. It's one of the only games that I can think of that had uh, legendary uh, super heavyweight wrestler Earthquake. And that was a blast because he just he was 400 pounds and he would sit on a man to finish that match. Yeah. Because you're not getting up from that. He's 400 <laughs> pounds. I like one of his moves is just sitting. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. And it works. My, uh, my other arcade classic, uh, it's kind of like a split. Just because it's like they can't, like they, I love them both, and they just kind of like blend a little bit mm-hmm. in my memory of like when they came around when I was a kid. Uh, Tekken and Tekken Two. Oh man, Tekken and Tekken Two. Whoa. Oh, are you insane? Great. You're not gonna pick Tekken Three. I'm, this is nostalgia, man. This is nostalgia. I I don't this even think like, I've ever played Tekken or Tekken Two. I've I think I I think that series it comes alive to me in the third one. So what yeah, what, what well, happens in Tekken One and Two? Uh, Tekken 1 and 2 are pretty much like straightforward-ish fighting games, though. In Tekken 2, uh, that's when, uh, the guy we thought was going to be like the series, like, lead, uh, was it, I can't, was it Kazaya? I, I don't Ooh, remember his name. I don't know. I think it was Kazaya. He, in, t- in 2, he comes back from the dead and he is the devil and you can fight nice. him. Nice. Yeah. But no, that, like, here's why I'm picking those. Uh, here's, oh, there's just a smorgasbord of things that are not, uh, quarantine friendly, like the CC's mm-hmm. by my house. CC's Pizza Buffet. Uh, CC's when you come back, I'm gonna I eat you. Trust that I can. I will grab slices off your warming plates. Yeah, I'm gonna eat just, you like I'm a high school football team. Oh, just it's gonna be magic. But man, you, you, you know, going into the local CC's, you got some quarters. I think they had like both Tekken One and Tekken Two over time. Mm. Just. Mwah. Mwah. I just loved it. I love that. That was a beautiful time. Tekken, Innocence Tekken's childhood. A great series. Tekken's a great series. It really is. It's not afraid to get weird. No. Like Tekken is Tekken's the game that taught me it's okay to be weird. Yeah, a lot of a lot of characters I become said that the very devil. Sincerely. <laughs> I was gonna make it ironic, and then I was like, you know what? I stand by it. Yeah. As soon like, as Royal said King, it out loud, he realized it was true. Yeah. Remember King, the guy who had a leopard mask and he would just suplex people? I just thought, I just thought he was a leopard. No, no, he's a he's a professional masked wrestler. Mm, nice. And then Paul Phoenix, the motorcycle enthusiast, who's just like a huge dork, but also like a tough guy. He has t- he's hilarious. Very tall hair. Like it is such a brilliant design to look at a character and be like, he is definitely a badass, <laughs> but he is definitely also a joke. Yeah, he's definitely a loser who's also a badass. Yeah. It's like I'm like, you know you can like just wail on people, but at the same time you're like, I cannot help but laugh at him. Yeah. Oh man, I love Tekken, man. I should, I, I, I got, the, I got seven on my PS, PS4. Mm. I should, I should load that sucker up. Okay, you ready for me to give you a hot one? Yeah, yeah. Let's hit, hit me up. This is a, a, a double feature I call "How to Cast a Game." 
So this is a double feature where these games, these two games, what they have in common is that they have a, they have perfect casts. Mm. This is, of course, the nineteen ninety seven classic JRPG, Final Fantasy VII, okay, for the Sony PlayStation One, and the uh, whatever the hell date it came out for the Xbox three hundred and sixty and PlayStation Three, Mass Effect Two. Oh, the Mass Effect games. I love the Mass Effect trilogy. Ha- have you played the second game? Oh, yeah. No, I love the second game. Yeah. Uh, to me, the second game is the high watermark for that series. And Final Fantasy VII is obviously my favorite Final Fantasy game. But I think just even people who do not love that Final Fantasy game all sort of unanimously have decided that this is probably the best the cast of a Final Fantasy has ever gotten. It's just like the way they all fit together is not unlike something like a Star Trek uh, team or or a, a, a Star Wars cast uh, where it's just mm-hmm. like everyone is perfectly needs to be there. If any one person was gone, the whole crew would sort of lose something, some bit of magic. And I feel the same way about Mass Effect 2. I mean, every single character in that game is absolutely so much fun. I mean... Are there a couple of duds in there? Well, it depends. Yeah, to, depend, to depends on who you ask, I guess. Well, let me let me let me, let me, let me ask you this uh, while we're on the subject: How many of your crew died in Mass Effect Two? Oh, how well, many did you lose? One, and it was one of my favorites. It was Mort <gasps> Morden. <laughs> was he the, like the gra- the grave assassin? No, Morden was like the nerd scientist who was like who talked very fast. He was like, blah, 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 blah. Um, oh. Yeah, and he plays a big part in Mass Effect Three, and I just didn't get to see any of that because he was oh, oh he was no. dead, baby. He was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, that would have broken great. my heart. Yeah, uh, who, who I died lost. In yours? Uh, what was her name? Like the punk rock, uh, Jack. angry. Yeah, I lost Jack. Jack um, was never my favorite, but I feel I didn't like, care for Jack. I feel like I, I could also, get into Jack if I tried. Yeah, I lost her, and I lost the uh, the steely assassin type. Okay, who is that? He was like real stern and like real quiet. I can't remember his name. Zaid? Uh, maybe. But did he talk like this? Was he like, I'm, I'm this man? He was like lizard-ish. Oh. I think he was green. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I lost him because I was like, the mission just like I screwed it up because they were like, oh, you have to go through these vents and like tail somebody and i just like somehow i was like i couldn't see my way through the stupid vents yeah. and i was like well i screwed up a little bit i'm sure there won't be any long-ranging consequences and then he died <laughs> yeah um let me let me look through some of these characters so yeah you have of yeah, course yeah. uh garris is an all-timer mm-hmm. he's probably oh i love garris he's, he's probably one of my the best he's he may be my favorite like non-playable character guy that you hang out with right right uh grunt i love grunt he's uh grunt is good he's a little baby version of those other those other bigger bigger characters you have uh, jack we kind of talked about jacob taylor jacob's okay i like jacob all right K- mm-hmm. katsumi gato i like katsumi Le- oh yeah legion was one of those uh that's a kind of a twist character you get towards the end it's like the one of the mm-hmm. bad guys miranda lawson Boy, oh boy. Terrific. Did I have uh, a crush on her? Man. Oh, I definitely, like, my character definitely dated her despite yes. the ethical ramifications. Oh, yeah. No, my character, that was, I, was, I gunned for uh, Miranda. Love my, yeah. love me You know, it was Miranda. fun. It was like, I, like, my character dated her in the second one and then through the third one, I guess. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, when I was like at that, at the end of the third Mass Effect and you're like fighting to save the universe and you know you're going to talk to your friends for the last time, I was like, 
I'm going to save my last call for Garrus. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Morden Solace is, of course, a character in that. We have Tali, who I love. Tali, one, yeah. of, one of the all-time greats. I did let her down when I decided to team up with the, like, let the cyborg, like the AI planet That's live. That's true. She doesn't But love I was like, that. I don't feel right. Yeah. I don't feel right. Uh, Samara, who is the um, the blue like mm-hmm. sort of wizard, yeah. wizardess kind of character, yeah. and of course you have Zaid Masani, who's I think one of my low key favorite characters. He's like the Australian bounty hunter. I don't remember him at all. I'm gonna put the phone up to the screen. He looks like that. Uh, the guy on the left or the guy on the right? I can't really not read it. the guy you were talking about is Thane. That's the guy. Yeah, I, he's the one who died. I don't remember him at all. Yeah, you might not have gotten him. He's a DLC character. He's he's not in the oh, original. Yeah, version I didn't. Of I didn't. Uh, I didn't play that. Yeah, but um, oh, what a great game aspect too is! I cannot wait to replay that whenever they make those get those uh, those re-releases, those remasters coming out for modern consoles. Um, gonna mm. definitely play through at least two. I, I kind of don't even really care for one and three, honestly. But um, two's two to me. Where it's at, uh, and Final Fantasy VII, of course. Well, I mean, what can you say? We talk so much about that game on this show. I feel like. I uh, don't want to belabor uh, how how uh, powerful and, and and effective and well done that game is, but um, I to me characters are everything. Characters is like how it gets me through the fucking thing. You know, it's like it's mm-hmm. like do I find these people compelling? Do I believe them? Do I want them? Do I want something good to happen to them? Something bad had to happen to them? I mean, uh, it's it's sort of a sort of a must, especially for an RPG. So. Got to give it up to those two. And I think they would play really well next to each other, as would all the games yeah. that I've mentioned. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you have another one? Yeah, let me... Uh, I, I'll hit you with this one. This is very niche. Um, it is... I can't remember, like, which specific subtitle it is, but, like, Mario Golf for the GameCube. Yes. <laughs> and Simpsons Hit and Run for the GameCube. <laughs> one of the best games ever. Yeah. One of the coolest. One of my favorites. I... Like I would buy a GameCube just to have that game to play again. Oh, buddy, I got so it. Good. I got it here at the house. Oh Love my! It. Oh, it's so good. Uh, it's one of my favorite. This is a uh, sub sub genre. I'm calling a uh, GameCube, and you can be GameCube and while drunk. You can do it if your thing is marijuana. It'd be like GameCube and while high. And These I, are the perfect, I promise just like, you that the way to GameCube is drunk. That is the mm, canon way yeah. to GameCube. Oh my god! Like just picture it. It's like one in the morning. You don't have to get up for anything. Uh, you've got a full six pack of beer, mm-hmm. like sitting in the fridge, ready to be. And you're just like you're working your way through it. Mm-hmm. Fire up the Simpsons hit and run game. Yeah. Or fire up Mario. Like Mario Golf is for day drinking. Yeah. To yeah. To me, mm-hmm. it's for like day drinking just, in, in a pair of shorts. Yeah. Day yeah. drinking, just sitting in your apartment. Uh, you play Mario Golf. You're just killing time. You're yeah. just. The Mushroom Kingdom looks beautiful on the on the golf course. Yeah, and it looks beautiful on the GameCube. I I that yeah. is you know that is actually my favorite video game console ever made. I believe like that is the one that I like regret not keeping the most. I have one at my parents' house that I can't wait to bring mm. back to here. Yeah, uh, even though I I play all my GameCube stuff through my Wii, but mm-hmm. I I want to just have one for the shelf. You know. Yeah. No, I understand. I yeah. Like it borders on like a romantic attachment to that console. Absolutely. Yeah, but like day drinking, uh, Mario Golf, night drinking, uh, Simpsons hit and run. Does just um, perfect. Does Mario Golf for the GameCube have like a story to it? Does it have like a, a campaign? 
I don't remember there being like a full on like story story, but there is like a campaign where you can unlock uh, courses. Great. Yeah. That's, that's more what I'm asking is just like, does it have like um, a single There is like progression. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause I love those. I love all those Nintendo sports games, especially when they have some sort of progression Mm -hmm. system. Oh yeah. I used to love like that and like Mario tennis. I used to just love. Dude, every version of Mario tennis is so great. I think Mm -hmm. Uh, the N64 from the N64. I don't actually, well, wait, did they have an N64 Mario? They did. They did. I think they did. Yeah, they did. And then of course uh, the one on um, the GameCube is like one of the all timers. And then I love Mario tennis aces for the Nintendo switch is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're great, great. Love, love a good tennis. Love just hitting stuff back and forth. Oh, mm. what a dream. Okay, this is going to be my final one for the episode. Okay, cool. That's perfect because I have one left also. Perfect. Okay. And this one, I did pick two modern games for this. This is more one that I want to leave my listeners with as a bit of a uh, bit of a send-off. This is called The Content The Content Train Just Won't End. And this is mm. these are two games that you can play forever in perpetuity. There is okay, no you're end. my language. There's no end to my these language. games. They have so much content built inside of them that you could literally goof off and play these games till the end of time. And that is Animal Crossing New Horizons for the Nintendo Switch and Destiny 2 for every video game console ever made. <laughs> I mean... Destiny 2, I think, is even on Google Stadia. It's on everything. It's uh, it's on uh, the PS4, the Xbox One. It is, of course, on the PlayStation 5. There's an upgraded version of it that I just recently did. I've been playing so much Destiny 2 lately. It is probably one of the most fun, well-balanced, best-polished games I've ever played. Maybe one of the prettiest games I've ever played. The loop of going back out into the world, gaining materials, trading those in for exotic and rare gear... Uh, it just it really doesn't feel like there's ever an excuse to ever put that game down and that's why honestly for me it's so hard to stop uh love that game played about four hours of it today and we'll probably play more tonight i i'm just having such a good time with it now do these games have downfalls yes i don't think that you're gonna want to play these games forever Mm, i think that at some point you know the content will start to dry up or feel a little monotonous or a little stale Maybe once you've seen everything and done everything in the loops a few times, you might go, okay, well, I, I, I want a different loop. I want a different look. I want a different kind of game. But in theory, there really is no reason to ever stop these games. They constantly update them with new missions. They constantly update them with new content. Um, Destiny 2 and Animal Crossing New Horizons. And again, yes. tonally, very different. One is for babies. The other one, <laughs> for at least teenagers. Okay. Alex Gaskin, okay. hit me. Yep. Uh, this is something I'm going to call the Alex was wrong double feature. <laughs> uh, two games that I loved from the Nintendo 64 that I think looking back, like everybody just like either dismissed or like hated a little bit ah. is my impression. Uh, and those are uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Oh, one of my all time cast- favorites. Really? I love Diddy Kong Th- Racing. This is why we're friends. I love it. It's one this of my is, favorite games on the Nintendo 64. It is. Oh, it's such a blast. But I feel like when I see people reference it now, it's just kind of like this like derisive tone. And I've become like very like defensive of how much I enjoyed that game. It's, but like, it's amazing. Can, oh my, you could use a plane or a raft in the same race. And you can race. Yeah, you can race against people in planes and in rafts. 
That's brilliant. Yeah, it was it was That's it was wonderful. the best. It is Oh, I loved it. I love kart racers in general, but uh mm-hmm. like including Crash Team Racing, Mario Kart's obviously very good, but Oh, Mario Kart's the best. I mean, Diddy Kong just... Racing to me was another level beyond Mario Kart where it also had a campaign where you could like race bosses. Mm-hmm. You remember racing yeah. that elephant? <laughs> oh man, those bosses were a nightmare. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Oh, yeah. I, I beat, I, I beat Diddy I feel Kong like Racing. People, yeah. I feel like because I, I think, I think honestly, because it's not Mario Kart, like I just remember I've seen like references to it. that were just like really harsh. And I was just like, why? Yeah. I don't know. So what was the so, other one like, you were going to say? The other one is a uh, Castlevania Legacy of Darkness. Like it's Ooh. part of the like, the two. Um, it's the second of the two, three uh, D Castlevania right. it's games. It's the better one. On yeah, it's the better one. It's the one that I actually like played through. There was like a glitch in my Castlevania sixty four, so I literally just couldn't progress further. Hmm. Like I was supposed, to, there was like a card you had to get like at sunset in a mansion, and then it just like it never appeared. So I said so I had never progress. But. Wow. Um, yeah, I remember seeing like a list of like the best Castlevania game, like the ranking of the Castlevania games, and the '64 games were like the last. Yeah, <laughs> and I took it so personally because yeah. they're the ones that like I loved the most. Oh man, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna definitely check out Legacy of Darkness one of these days. I feel like yeah. it might be it might be right up my alley. I remember playing. I, trying to, I remember trying to play those as a kid, mm-hmm. but they were so esoteric to me at the time yeah. that I just didn't literally know where to go or what to do. Oh, like do you remember the motor the skeletons riding motorcycles for no reasons? Not really. I don't know. I don't know how far I got in that game, but I remember there oh. also being an ungodly amount of fog. Like it was yeah. hard to see in the game, but I also maybe not ever played Legacy of Darkness. I might have only played Castlevania 64. I would love to go back and play that cuz I am curious. Like I again, I like I, I would like more games where you fight vampires is not a vampire yourself. Oh, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm a Castlevania freak, so I, yeah, I, I hear you. I'm a, I, I, I jammed to the concept. I loved the uh, the Netflix series. We both talked about how good that is. Which I would love to have you back on this show to talk mm. about that Netflix series. I feel like we oh, have not. We, I've promised I've promised doing an episode, or I, I, more like threatened I would do an episode on the Netflix show and haven't ever done it yet. But uh, you, me, and Mikey Stevens, we'll get together yeah, and we'll buddy. talk uh, Castlevania. Oh, I would love that. I would love it. It's a great show. Oh, it's fantastic. It may be my like my favorite Netflix original. Yeah, honestly. yeah. Yeah, it might be. Might like, be I, remember, I remember how bummed I was that the first season was only four episodes, but like I just, I locked into it so hard. I was like, I don't care how many episodes it is. I'm going to finish it like in one sitting. And then I was like, well, I finished it after two and a half hours. <laughs> I, You know <laughs> what? I love things that are really contained. I love yeah. a good, you know, because like that first season really doesn't overstay its welcome. That second mm. season, which is maybe double the length or at yeah. least six. It, it, I think second and third episodes are both like double the length. They're like eight to ten episodes. They're they're also they also don't overstay their welcome. They're yeah. perfectly timed. Yeah. Oh, and season gosh, season three, like the penultimate episode where they just like it's literally like all one action sequence just like split into like three storylines. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Good stuff. Uh, that was, uh, and I think honestly, Hey, if you don't mind, that's going to do it for video games, a comedy show. Yeah, man, that, this has been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed this very much. Uh, I hope to bring this same energy to, uh, when we talk about films and I hope to bring some of your listeners to our show. 
Yeah, absolutely. Hop aboard the movie train, kiddos. Because if you like movies, we are rolling. You, you might like Double Double Feature Feature, a podcast hosted by me, Alex Gaskin, and the wonderful technical wizard Ravi Kiran. Uh, this week we have Alex. You are picking the films. You might as well go ahead and tell, yeah. tell our listeners uh, what they can hear this week on that show. Yeah, the episode we were recording. Uh, it is going to be a. It's our first double feature uh, that it was like half. Selected by a uh, one of our listeners. Uh, shout out to Dad Wears Glasses. Dad Wears I, I Glasses, think, big yeah. fan, big Buddy, fan of uh, uh, this show as well. Okay, that's that's right. I thought I thought we talked about. Uh, I thought you'd mention that. Yeah, Dad Wears Glasses. You talked about getting us cover to cover Misery uh, months and months ago. Uh, I couldn't find it for like a while. Yeah, like the only options were like to buy it digitally. It kind of like a kind of a jacked price which was making me mad and then hbo max went and added it so we're doing misery and then we are doing the netflix original film gerald's game yeah uh it's gonna be pretty easy to figure out what the connection is i think (laughs) once you see them literally it's just it's two stephen king adaptations where characters are stuck in bed (laughs) but it's i've never seen misery confession time Uh, but i did i liked gerald's game quite a bit yeah, uh, I feel like Netflix is kind of low key, like snuck out some like real good like thriller horror films. Oh yeah, so I am excited to talk about those. Uh, very glad we can finally do our first of uh, an indeterminate number of uh, double features inspired by listeners. Hint, hint. If you uh, want to drop us some suggestions, we'll do our best to get them in the roll and get them in the rotation. And why don't you go ahead and uh, just finish out uh, your plugs while you're at it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, you're probably listening to this pretty close to the begin- end of last year. Uh, you can go to uh, centraltrack.com and check out my list of the worst people in Dallas for 2020. <laughs> yes, and so uh, this is a very regionally specific article. Yeah, you know, it is very specific to Dallas, but I'd like to think that uh, Dallas is a microcosm of the country because <laughs> a lot of the assholes uh, from Dallas made things worse for our entire country. Yeah, and if you live in Dallas, uh, please, and you're listening to this show, we know you're one of the good ones. Come on. Yeah, you're probably not on the list. So, yeah, you're but probably the only way to know is to read list. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, and I'm trying to be more active on Letterboxd at uh, Alex underscore J underscore Gaskin. So find me on those. I'd like to see you. <laughs> And you can follow me on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime. You can follow the show on Twitter at VGA Comedy Show. If you like this show and you want more content by the creators of this show or shows like Call Me By Your Game or shows like Inside Video Games with July Diaz, you can uh, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash supernpcradio and subscribe at any one of the tiers there to get uh, a whole slew of delicious content. Of course, uh, that content train will not stop running in 2021. We have so much stuff uh, jam-packed, ready to go, that we are going to be delivering throughout the year, including a brand new show coming after we wrap up our Resident Evil Games Club uh, called The Legend of Zelda Games Club, where we will literally go through every single Legend of Zelda title in order, talking about them at great length. Probably that more than fun. anyone ever wants to hear about the Legend I of Zelda. I want to hear that. I am very into that. Alex, did you know that the Legend of Zelda turns 35 years old this year? So in I, honor of that, yeah, that is actually older than I expected by a couple of years. Yep. In honor of that, we will be covering all of the games in that series and doing so um, uh, with uh, with 
uh, rupees in our pockets and uh, and master swords uh, cleaning our teeth. Thank you so much for listening. That sounds outstanding. To video games, a comedy show. We'll see you on the next one. Oh,